0: You are listening to the Veterinary Life Coach Podcast with Dr. Julie Capel, episode number 12. Hello, friends. 12 episodes, a dozen. That's awesome. Thank you for joining me today on this beautiful day. It's cold and windy here today, but spring is coming soon, so I'm at least enjoying the view from my window. The snow's starting to melt, and that's fabulous. I don't know about you, but I can't wait until spring. Today, I want to talk about compassion fatigue. It's a real thing, however, It bothers me a little bit because I think it's a phrase that we've been using uh, or overusing. It makes me angry a little bit. It's become a buzz phrase. It's gotten very popular in the veterinary world. Uh, And I feel like we concentrate too much on these words and not enough on solutions for this thing that we like to call compassion fatigue. I recently talked to a veterinary friend of mine that felt that she was suffering from compassion fatigue, mostly because she had attended a veterinary CE where they talked about compassion fatigue. And she felt that that CE, because of the fact that they talked about it, suggested to her that she should feel compassion fatigue and should feel negative about her job. And that really kind of ticked me off. So I am kind of passionate about this subject, and I've been reading a lot about it because uh, I really don't like to think that it exists, but I know that it does. And I don't want us to wallow in the word fatigue. I want us to be compassionate, but the fatigue word, I think we can overcome. Um going to seminars that make us feel more fatigued or that we have a right to feel this way is a problem. Don't you think so? So today I want to explore this concept and also try to give you some tools to work this out if you feel that you are getting fatigued by your work. Many of the things I'm going to talk about today have been taken from the American Institute of Stress website, Um, also from some work um, from Charles Figley, and also from a TED Talk that you can watch um, and a book by a woman named Patricia Smith. And her book is called To Weep for a Stranger. And if you have a chance to watch her TED Talk, Um, I'm going to talk about some of the things that she talks about here, but the TED Talk is really good. So I recommend that you go listen to her. Her name is Patricia Smith. Um, So I'm going to kind of scratch the surface, try to talk about it from a veterinary perspective. Um, But like I said, this is a big subject. I don't want to talk about it for hours. Um, But I'll do the best I can here on the podcast, and if it gets too wordy, then we may have to um, talk about this more later. Okay, so let's go. In our job, we have to be and we want to be compassionate professionals, right? Compassion should be a good word. And the fact that we've linked that word to fatigue in such a big way causes our brains to go negative every time we think about being compassionate. It really feels to me like we're training our brain to think that compassion is negative. And I don't like that. So today I want to unpack it and... Maybe discuss why we hear it everywhere and see it everywhere and possibly come up with some new way of thinking about it to lead us to a better mindset about this whole topic of compassion fatigue. Now, the American Institute of Stress defines compassion fatigue as vicarious traumatization or secondary traumatization. So basically, it's saying that, you know, we're being traumatized secondarily to other people's trauma. Another definition is the emotional residue or strain of exposure to working with those suffering from the consequences of traumatic events which is something that we do. We deal with people that are going through traumatic events. Charles Figley defined it as a state experienced by those helping people or animals in distress. It's an extreme state of tension and preoccupation with the suffering of those being helped to the degree that it can create a secondary traumatic stress for the caregiver. So basically, it's taking on another's pain and embracing it as our own which as veterinarians, we do in spades. It is also said that it can occur due to to repeated exposure to traumatic events, or it can happen just because of one terrible case that we're exposed to. It is a little different from burnout, um, but it is similar. Um, And they can coexist together. So compassion fatigue can be created by one event, and burnout seems to be more linked to repeated events of fatigue. So the symptoms of compassion fatigue are listed as isolation. People that are suffering will often avoid other people. They are in a place of protecting themselves from further trauma, and they think that staying away from human beings allows them to avoid people asking more from them. So another word for that is depersonalization, which basically means we try to stay away from people. And you can feel this some days at at work, you know, if if I have to see one more client, I'm going to go crazy. So those kind of feelings of, oh, I've had enough or I just can't take one more problem today, that's what they mean by isolation. Trying to stay uninvolved um, with our clients or even our fellow team members in order to protect ourselves. Another symptom would be a reduced sense of personal meaning or accomplishment. Um, our job that was once very very enjoyable and fulfilling to us can turn into a struggle. And it can also turn into a struggle of getting to work. Um, This job that we've wished for all our lives and we've wanted, um, oftentimes uh, we view it with a sense of dread. We have trouble getting up in the morning. We don't want to come to work. That is a symptom Um, and our job's fabulous. So when you start feeling that our job isn't fabulous, that's a symptom of this um, compassion fatigue. Some people will experience emotional outbursts or exhaustion. They will refuse to deal with their feelings, and they'll push them down and cover them up. And when you do that long enough and you keep stuffing down your emotions and don't feel them or get them out, then you will overreact to simple problems in the workplace and you can become over-emotional or over-angry. And if you start feeling anger towards clients or even your patients that are misbehaving in any way, um, those innocent little puppies that are, you know, fighting you and you're getting angry, that could be a symptom that you're stuffing your emotions and and refusing to deal with them. Some people experience physical ailments such as um, chronic fatigue, headaches, pain in certain areas of their body. It can be manifest as stomach upset or GI upsets. Um, high blood pressure is a physical symptom, um, sleep disorders which will add to the physical exhaustion. If you wake up tired in the morning and you struggle to get to work, um, that can actually be a physical symptom that you're not handling uh, the compassion part of your job well. There's a tendency to have a us versus them mentality, which basically means we want to blame our feelings on the outside world, which we all know is not correct. Our circumstances do not create our feelings or our actions. We all know that our thoughts are the things that create our feelings. So blaming your clients, the pets, or even world events for this negative, negative feeling that you have is part of this whole compassion fatigue syndrome. So blaming your job, blaming your employer, blaming your uh, fellow team members if they're having a bad day and and you're blaming them for the way you feel, um, that's part of this whole... Um, list of these quote-unquote symptoms. Some people will experience substance, excuse me, abuse. For some reason, I can't say that. And they will use substances to cope with these feelings of inadequacy and and stress. They'll turn to drugs, drinking, overeating, um, spending too much time on social media, watching too much TV. And these things can all be abused um, in order to try to cover up negative feelings and emotions. Some people feel apathetic or sad or even depressed. And if these feelings are not dealt with, they can progress to apathy about life and extreme sadness or clinical depression even and a lack of self-worth. Um, At this stage, we have stopped living to our fullest potential, and when people get to this stage, they often require professional help from a therapist, and we need to embrace this. Um, I think there's too much stigma these days about therapy and, and getting help. And I really want to encourage people that if you feel like you can't pull yourself up and out of these feelings, and you feel like you've got some despair, or extreme stress around your job, that you need to ask for help, get a get a therapist, or get a coach. Um, And if you don't feel like that is necessary. Then talk to somebody that's close to you and get their opinion and see if they think you're to the point of of wanting or needing therapy. And if you can get help and to get out of this to get a better life, it's going to be so worth it. So don't feel ashamed. We all deal with these these chores of of negativity and trying to get our brain in a better space. And not all not everybody can do it alone. And really, most of us can't. And that is why, you know, I'm doing this podcast, because I want us all to be on the same team. So definitely, if you're getting to that point, you need to um, look for help. There's also um, some people that get to the point where they almost have post traumatic stress disorder around something that's happened in the work life. They could have nightmares or flashbacks and just keep going back to these negative things or traumas that have happened and that they've been exposed to in the past. And so, therapy is often the only way to deal with those types of things as well. So, there's a line between, you know, simple oh, I'm just feeling a little bit overwhelmed today, then I'm really burned out or I'm really um, having PTSD or something more severe. So try to really pay attention to those feelings. And compassion fatigue can have a rapid onset These feelings can happen um, just from one event. If you have really one big traumatic event at work or in your personal life, you can experience these feelings of being overwhelmed with this compassion fatigue phenomenon. There are instances where it can bleed over and go into being burned out from your job, and that usually takes a little bit longer. But compassion fatigue can be um, can overwhelm you rapidly. And so one day you might feel perfectly great about the things that you're doing, and then a few days later you're, you're feeling really low and going down that spiral of feeling too much or there's too many feelings that you can't deal with. We need to try to recover our love of this profession. So if we start to recognize these symptoms that I've just talked about and manage them early before they get too serious or we get too deeply emerged in it that we can't dig our way out, then I think we will be well on our way to having a better work-life balance and also a better outlook about our great profession. So why do veterinarians and veterinary professionals get compassion fatigue and burnout so easily easily or seemingly so easily? Why is it such a big issue with us? Patricia Smith lists several reasons uh, as to why it's a, such a big issue for the healing professions. And so I'm going to go through some of those right now and see if you can notice any of these in yourself. As a profession, we're largely other-directed, which means that we have a tendency to be so focused on other people, our clients and our patients, that we forget that we are the most important person in our lives. We went into this work because most of us have a strong animal bond and an extreme need to help animals and also people. But that can often turn into a laser focus on animals at the expense of ourselves. We can also confuse our loyalty by losing compassion for people while becoming overly involved in animals or losing compassion for some people While becoming overly involved in others. So being other focused is something or other directed is something that we definitely struggle with. We also have a lack of personal boundaries. Um, If we fail to protect ourselves, we can cause our own stress. And then that's what turns into fatigue. How many of us, and I know I've done this too many times, how many of you take home a litter of orphaned kittens or a puppy that gets abandoned at your work um, that needs to be raised? How many of you overpopulate your homes with rescue animals just because, you know, we feel bad for the clients that don't have the money and can't afford to treat their pets and then we end up taking them on? Or we just take in every homeless animal that comes along, even if we don't have the financial means or the emotional or physical needs to take care of these animals. And we become overwhelmed with the caregiving. And that turns our compassion into um, this overwhelming situation. So how many of us do that? We don't create personal boundaries you know, you have to look at your life situation and realize that you know maybe you can only handle two pets in your home and that's okay if you rescue one pet in your entire life then you've done you've done something to help animal kind and you don't have to rescue everyone that's why there's many many people on this earth so that's one of the problems that we have. We don't know how to create um, strong personal boundaries. We oftentimes also have unresolved pain and past trauma. We, whether it's a personal thing or if it's a professional trauma, if you had a case that went, you know south or you had a client that yelled at you, you haven't learned to deal with that and move past those traumas. And you know you you'll have them, and you'll then get stuck in them. You'll get stuck in the past, and you'll continue to relive relive them um, day after day. Uh, there's a quote that says something like, um, "We do not uh, what we do not allow to move through us will then define us." So basically, what that means is if there's unresolved feelings that you're holding on to or stresses or traumatic situations that you haven't really sat in and dealt with the feelings that have come from those and then decided to move beyond them, that it will define you and it will continue to haunt you. So we definitely have to learn to move past our traumas and pains. We also have an overdeveloped sense of responsibility. We feel that we're responsible for every single pet on the planet and every single animal on the planet in some cases. Um, We take on the responsibility of the world. And we also feel responsible for everything that's happening around us. We take on our clients' personal, personal issues, their financial problems, their pets' issues. We take on their decisions and the feelings that are evoked from those decisions that they make and we have this heavy impulse to help anyone that is in is in need and unfortunately with that overdeveloped sense of responsibility comes a big burden because you know we think we have this control freakishness that if that's a word, we want to control everything. And we think that it, it's within our control. And um, it really isn't, you know, life happens and people happen. And we can't control it. And that is part of the reason that we experience compassion fatigue so often, is this overdeveloped sense that we have that we're responsible for the world. So all of those things are what we're feeling, and why we're feeling these feelings of compassion fatigue. Now, the good news, as I see it, is there are things that we can do to help ourselves. And so let's talk about some of these things. We need to remember that this is a process, Getting overwhelmed by compassion and getting overwhelmed by our job is not something that you usually just get in one day. Now, I know I said earlier that compassion fatigue can come on fast and it can be brought on by only one traumatic event. However, most of the time, it's a slow, insidious process. There's the slow loss of energy and ability to care for yourself and to feel care for others. It causes us as veterinarians to lose the very thing that makes us so wonderful, our energy and our capacity towards caring. It can blunt our emotions and causes our emotional maturity that we know we have in our emotional presence to disappear in many situations. I believe that we can change these phenomena with just simply changing our thoughts about our profession. We know that our thoughts create our feelings, as we talked about before. So if we can work to change our thoughts around this issue and all of our issues and all of our situations in work and at home, we can successfully change this fatigue word. I would like to drop the whole fatigue word from our vocabulary. Unless you're just tired from a day of work, that's what real fatigue is. But I'd like to drop it as a buzzword. So here are some things that we can do. Um, Some of these things um, come from Patricia's TED Talk. And then some of these things um, I think are just kind of common sense and things that we just need to get our head wrapped around so that we can help ourselves work through these feelings. So first of all, what I think we need to do is develop a good sense of who we are. If you're not taking care of yourself and you don't really know who you are, you can't help other people. So you need to put on that oxygen mask first. And that's kind of a cliche that we hear all the time. But it's so it's so true. We need to learn about ourselves and then begin to begin to care for ourselves, can care for you, because you're the most important person, really. If you're not well, then nobody around you is going to be well, and you can't help anybody. It's so important for your clients and your patients, your team members and your families, that you first care for yourself. So develop a plan for your life. Once you discover who you are, And you realize what you need, you'll be able to plan for things that you know are gonna insult you um, and insult your psyche. You will learn what can hurt you, and then once you realize the things that hurt you, you can begin to devise a plan to ward off the negativity. You can make a plan for caring for yourself and setting proper boundaries setting your schedule in a way that cares for yourself, setting some mental boundaries around what you'll take on and what you won't, and developing a needs list of things that you need to take care of yourself and be a better person. And then once you're feeling better, then you're going to be a much, much better colleague, a much better veterinarian to your patients and clients, a much better veterinary professional, and also a family member. Develop also some empathy boundaries, which means to realize that the bad cases are going to come your way, and clients aren't always going to follow your recommendations. So realize that you can show empathy for clients without taking on their responsibilities. Their pets are their responsibility, not yours. Your responsibility is to offer your services and offer the best options for their pet. It's not your job to follow through on the recommendations. It will be frustrating at times. You'll feel sad. You'll feel worried for the pet, worried for the client in some way because they're not doing what you consider to be the best for the pet. But your responsibility is to diagnose that pet, offer the best treatment option and diagnostic options, and then it's the client's responsibility to take care of that pet, not yours. When you don't have to take on all of that responsibility, you can make empathy boundaries. And then you can be okay with that. You can be okay with the fact that you did your job. Feel bad that the client didn't follow your recommendations, but then let those bad feelings go so they don't affect you. So develop some empathy boundaries. If you're feeling overwhelmed by your job, like I said before, you need to ask for help. You need to reach out to the people around you that understand this profession. And there are people out there that are willing to help. Speak to a therapist, a life coach, another colleague that can listen to you and help you to develop better coping skills. And really just getting this out into the open and talking about it and then letting it go and finding better ways to cope is the first step into recovering and getting over um, those feelings of compassion fatigue and burnout and, and all those things that we feel in our life. Another thing that we need to do is really balance our lives. And this is another buzzword that we talk about a lot. And this this I kind of like better than the compassion fatigue buzz that's out there. I really kind of like the work-life balance thing, although that starts to sound like a cliche. But really think about, you know, balancing out your life and your and the time that you spend at work. We have a tendency to think that our job is the most important thing, and that couldn't be further from the truth. Our job is really important, and it can be life and death for um, patients and, and pets, but really the most important thing in life is you. So you need to put yourself first, and then your family second, and your job is super important, but it is not your life. Um, it can't be your primary focus, and it shouldn't be. Um, life goes by fast, and you don't want to spend it just suffering in a job. You want your job. You don't want. You want your job to be enjoyable, but you also need to balance it and with your family, and make sure that your family and taking care of yourself is the priority. If you start with self care and you start with balance. The rest of it will follow, and you'll be a better veterinary professional. You'll be better able to care for your patients. You'll have so much more compassion to give, and and, it, and it'll show. So remember to keep those priorities straight. The other thing that I think is important, and this is something I read um in the work that I was reading surrounding this subject is that we all need to embrace some form of spirituality. There have been studies that show that people that have a higher focus will be helped um, to put their life in order and they get a better perspective in life. So being spiritual in some way, and it doesn't necessarily have to be um, a religious spirituality, if that's not your thing. But focusing on nature or God, meditating, doing yoga, um, s- embracing some sort of spirituality will really help to put that life balance in order and get those priorities straight so you can better cope with some of the negative things that, that come your way. Another thing that we need to do is be present and be mindful, and basically, what that means is always be in the moment as much as you can. When you start to feel anxiety, um, if you can pull yourself back into the moment and just be, be focused and be present, you are going to feel so much better. Staying focused on each moment of your life help takes away helps to take away um, worry. Which is future? future, Oh, I can't talk. Future focused, and um, and it takes away anxiety, which is basically focusing on the past. So try to stay present, and try to stay mindful um, in each moment. And then I know I've said this before, probably a hundred times, and maybe not, but um, practicing gratitude, focusing on the good, and You know, we all know that life is going to be good and bad, and that's just the way it is. And so we have to embrace both. But if we can spend more time focusing on the good and being grateful for what we have, it will help us to move through some of these negative feelings and handle them properly. So when circumstances come up and you start to feel overly compassionate, overly stressed, or overly immersed in any situation, at work or at home, try to remember that you have the power and the control to focus your mind in a more positive direction and try to look at things in a more positive way so you can work through some of these feelings and if you're really struggling don't you know don't forget to get help i want to summarize the things that we've talked about and give you just a short list of tips for managing these feelings of compassion fatigue so the things that we want to do are get to know yourself find your joy understand that feeling pain is normal Get your priorities in line, find somebody to talk to, exercise, eat properly, get enough sleep, take some time off, both physically and mentally, try to develop some interests outside of veterinary medicine, and really remain present and focused. When you're at home, be at home. When you're at work, be at work. Don't focus on the future and don't focus on the past. Try to remain present. Don't blame other people. Don't blame your coworkers. Don't blame your clients. Don't blame your family. Don't blame your job. Our job is so awesome. I can't even think of anything I'd rather do than what we do. And it should be such a gift and a privilege that we get to do this every day. Don't cover up your feelings. Don't medicate yourself with food, with drink, with shopping, with media. Don't overuse things to try to cover up your feelings. Really feel your feelings. Don't fall into the habit of complaining about your colleagues, with your colleagues, about your clients. Don't work harder. Don't work longer. If anything, you should be working shorter and playing more. And don't neglect yourself. Remember that you are the most important person in this relationship. It's you. And you've got to take care of yourself in order to be of service to others. All right, my friends, I really would love to come up with some sort of phrase, some catchphrase to replace compassion fatigue. I am fatigued overhearing the words compassion fatigue, and I struggled to come up with some sort of catchy phrase that would replace it that we could start using instead of compassion fatigue. I want something that will actually go viral and be a more positive thing that we can focus on, but I've really had a hard time with it. So maybe you guys can help me. Um, I came up with something like loving compassion or self-loving compassion, um, veterinary compassion. Um, it's it's a really tough thing. I, I like the word compassion. I just I'd love to get rid of that fatigue word. So I really haven't come up with anything great. so if you can think of something to try to turn our profession around, uh, please share it with me. Um, Send me an email. um, Visit my website. You can sign up for my my weekly words on my website if you want to have a discussion with me and email me your thoughts. Um, If you come up with a really great catchphrase, I'd love to hear it because I'd love to get rid of these words in our life. Um, So let me know. I think our work is beautiful. And I really want to keep it that way. I want us all to be healthy, and I want to turn this profession around because it, it's awesome. It's so great. So thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. I want you to take care of yourselves. Feel free to contact me with any concerns, and get help if you need it from me or anyone. Um, Don't suffer in silence. We're all on the same big, beautiful planet, and we're all in the same big, beautiful, compassionate world. So take care of yourselves this week, my friends. Have a beautiful week, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.